Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 24th episode from the PJ Archive. It's an interview I did with the American pioneering pop star Connie Francis. Her wonderful singing voice gave her a glittering career, including being the top-charting female vocalist of the late 1950s and early 1960s. But she also had incredibly difficult experiences personally. We did this interview over the phone in 2006, when Connie was planning a movie of her life with Gloria Estefan. We know now that sadly it didn't get made, but at the time Connie was excited by the project, and I started by asking her... How important is it that she resembles you physically and um, vocally in the film? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that important, because we're both tiny, and, and we're both dark-haired, and, uh, and with the hairdos and the costumes and through the years that I've kept, uh, we can um, uh, do a pretty good job on mm. making her look, look similar to me. Mm. And did the uh, subject of who does the singing in the film come up quite early? Uh, yes, uh, and I said, do you want to do the singing or do you want to do the singing? And she said, it's up to you, and I said, it's up to you. <laughs> and so that's where it is right now. It's up to it, 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 We haven't decided yet. Do you think it will be difficult for her to match your vocals? I don't know. I, 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 it won't be easy, but, uh, but she's, she's very uh, versatile. And how many times over the years have you been approached to do your story? Uh, at least 12 times. And when was the first time? Uh, Dolly Parton called. She wanted to portray me. That was in 1984 when my book came out. Oh, right. When and my autobiography was released. So did you turn Dolly Parton down? Well, I thought she needed a breast reduction. <laughs> 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 no, I would love to have had Dolly uh, be in, involved with the picture, but it didn't work out. So who else has approached you over the Any other celebrities over Gene the years? Gene Simmons from Kiss. Um, I really can't come up with them right now. But That's all right. It's at least a dozen of them. So when did you first hear from Gloria Estefan? Well, I had watched her on uh, three interviews on television, and each time they asked her what she wanted to do with her career. Uh, now that she had done practically everything, what did she want to do? And she said, I want to make a movie, and I want to play Connie Francis as her life story. And so uh, after the third interview, I called her office, and we made an appointment to meet for lunch, and we got together, and we hit it off, and, and uh, that was it. And do you find that you're in complete agreement as to what aspects of your life story are covered by the film? Yes, we are in complete agreement. So may we know what especially you'll be focusing on? Well, uh, my career, naturally, uh, my early life, my uh, uh, experience with rape, uh, my brother's murder, um, uh, my marriages and divorces, um, my adoption of my baby, and the uh, relationship that, that permeates the entire script is my relationship with my father. Can you explain why that is? Well, because we were very close, and then we became very unclose, and we didn't speak to each other for three years. We, it was a, a shock to me because I, I had always looked up to him and admired him, and so it was a very traumatic experience for me. 
So quite a bit about this film is going to be traumatic and emotional for you. Yes, and also my, my mental illness. I was, I was hospitalized 11 times in nine years for manic depression. Goodness gracious. And which nine years were they in the 80s? or 83 to 92. Is it difficult for you to balance up exactly what happened and making it commercial? Yes, it is. It's because my life has been uh, just such a series of major events that it, it's difficult to... Uh, if you do it in chronological order, it's easier, but if you do flashbacks, it's kind of difficult. So how difficult is it for you to even read the script when it gets handed to you? Well, the first script I wrote, and so uh, I wrote it with a, another girl, and uh, so it was... It was cathartic for me, but writing the book was cathartic for me, so it wasn't as bad as if I had just started uh, from scratch and did it. I had already done the rape and the murder and all of that stuff. I'd already done that in my autobiography. And how much say will you have in who plays the other parts in the movie, assuming that Gloria will take the lead role? Not that much say in it. Uh, uh, they, they, They are very open to my opinion on various things. For instance, I, I'd like Olympia Dukakis to play my mother, and they agree with me on that. Right. And Olympia Dukakis loves the script and, and the one that I wrote, and she wanted to um, to play, and she's contacted us several times. I would like Danny DeVito to play my father, but he's, doing a, uh, he's producing a television show of his own right now, so he is not available to do it. Can you explain why you'd like him to play your father and why you'd because like him? Because he looks like him, he talks like him. He, it, it, it's it's, it's a, an uncanny uh, how similar they are in their actions, their words, their gestures, their sense of humor, their sense of drama. Uh, uh, he would have been perfect for it. And what about Olympia? Why did you choose her for your mum? Because she she looks and acts just like my mother. Are there any aspects of your life that you just don't want covered by the movie? No. I'm not opposed to any of it being covered by the movie. I wanted to be honest. Have you decided what the title should be? No, we haven't. What have been the suggestions so far, as far as the title's concerned? Daddy's Little Girl. Right. Once Upon a Song. Mm-hmm. If I Never Sing Another Song. That's about it. What did you think of the movie about Bobby Darren's life? I thought it was very good. I, I, I thought that it was really uh, not covered the way it should have been covered by the press. I, I thought that the, that the movie was much better than... They, they, the uh, media gave it credit for. Did you speak to Kevin Spacey at all about his... No, I didn't. What did you think of his portrayal? I thought it was great. Did you feel disappointed to be left out? No, not really. What chance of you playing even little cameo in the, the film that uh, is being made of your own life? I don't know. I've never thought of it. Would you like the idea, though? Yeah, it's a good idea. How much are you performing these days, or have you finished? I'm, uh, no, I'm not finished. I just finished a tour of uh, Southeast Asia. Excellent. And um, I uh, am going to be appearing in Italy in October, and then in uh, San Francisco, and then in, um, well, we have several dates throughout the year. You're still working very hard, then. Yes, I am, and I enjoy it.
Yeah, you must do. And so is your voice um, standing up well, still as good as ever? No, it's not as good as it used to be, but it's okay. How tough is that to accept that things aren't... It's what... not easy to accept. How much do you do of your old hits? Do you do the, the whole... I do, I, do, I do most of them. Yeah? And uh, do you still enjoy singing them, or are you a bit bored of them now? Well, I'm bored with them, but the audience loves them, so that's, what the, that's the important thing. In Malaysia, the Queen was there at the show, the royal family, and she shouted out at the beginning of, of, uh, of uh, one, of the, uh, one of the breaks, she shouted out, Sing Frankie! Now, Frankie's a song I recorded, which I hate, oh. and, and I, I can't stand the song. She says, and I didn't know it was the Queen. So she said, sing Frankie, and I said, oh, please. I said, we left Frankie back in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> How did she react to that? Then? And then she came backstage afterwards, and she said, why didn't you sing Frankie? Well, have you met our own queen? The yes, British? I have. I appeared before her in, in 1963 at, at a command performance. Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth were very, very nice, very hospitable. Was it quite nerve-wracking for you to meet our royals? No, it wasn't nerve-wracking. <laughs> they were very nice. It was very uh, leisurely and uh, comfortable. Mm. They were very affable people. How much do you miss the, uh, the thrill and excitement of your early career? I miss it. Do you constantly think about it? Yes, I do. And what do you miss most about it? The excitement, the, the newness of it all. Because you're considered, you know, perhaps the world's first pop star, as it were. Did, did you think you were a pioneer? Yes, I think so. I was happy to be first. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of today's pop stars in general terms? Well, I think as a, as a, a singer, Britney, Britney Spears makes a great dancer. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think there are a lot of good singers there. There's Celine Dion, there's Whitney Houston, there's a lot of really great singers, Reba McIntyre, yeah. uh, 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 Faith Hill. There's a lot of really fine singers, and I think that uh, if, uh, if if it were today, I would have had a much tougher time uh, of becoming as successful as I did because the competition would have been so much greater. Why do you think you came through? That you broke through when so well, many I others? I think that Dick Clark had a lot to do with that. American Bandstand had yeah. a lot to do with that. How do you? explain this wonderful voice that you have gift from god you think so oh yes was it not inherited in any way were you not from a musical family no my father was a roofing contractor who liked to play the concertina right and uh he had no musical background at all but he loved music and he and he really guided my career how did you first realize this amazing voice that you had were you like singing to yourself and the no, I was playing the accordion when I was three years old. And when I was four, I did my first concert, and I sang Anchors Away and uh, with my accordion. And then everybody started telling me what a beautiful voice I had, and, uh, and, and then I started singing. Did you think it was quite special at that stage? No, I didn't think it was quite special. There must have been a point where you realized it was. Yes. That was when I auditioned for a kiddie show called Star Time, the Star Time Kids. And the, and the producer of the show said, OK, Connie, put your accordion down and just sing now. And how tough was that to do? That was tough because my father wanted me to play the accordion. <laughs> right. And isn't it he right? He never saw me as a singer. He saw me as having my own accordion school of music. 
Yeah, because didn't you want to play the piano? Didn't you look back and think you wish you'd played the piano rather than yes, the accordion? Yes, what a dope I was. How strange was it making a living uh, as a singer in those days because it was so unprecedented? It was very tough. I mean, uh, I have a contract here where I played uh, for three days and I uh, and two shows a night, and it was $150 for the three days. And it and cost more for plane fare to get there than than I than the hundred and fifty dollars, so it was very tough. Have you still got a lot of memorabilia and souvenirs from those uh, days? Yes, I have loads of them. What do you treasure most? Uh, this is your life when here in the yep. United States, and they gave me a book with a beautiful rose in it, and uh, I have it framed, and that was my most. Uh, Precious uh, memorabilia. And who were the celebrities who went on that program to pay tribute to you? Bobby Darren. Um, and, and that was it. The rest of them were family and friends. What was Bobby Darren like? He was wonderful. He was ahead of his time. He was, I can just imagine what he would be doing today had he lived. What would that be? Well, it would be something that nobody else would be doing, that's for sure. Because he was always way ahead of his time. Right. Do you think up until that film, for instance, he was quite overlooked? Yes, I do. I still think he's overlooked. Do you think you're overlooked? Yes, to a certain degree. Most of the songs that I really like to record were on albums, on obscure albums, where I sang not... uh, bubblegum songs like Stupid Cupid and Lipstick on Your Collar. Right. But more sophisticated albums that the public has never heard. And uh, I would like those kinds of albums to be on the market rather than the kinds of things that are on the market. What about Who's Sorry Now? Did you like that one? No. I hated it. We loved it. Why did you hate it? My father liked it. It was from 1923, and I thought it was square, and I thought the kids would laugh me right off American Bandstand. But they didn't, did they? No. (laughs) No. And why are you not keen on um, Stupid Keep It and uh, Lipstick on Your Collar? Did you... Well, they were were commercial. I mean, they were made for the kids, and they were made for... Uh, to appeal to kids, and I had been singing since the age of four adult songs. And so it wasn't really my cup of tea. Which other um, artists, singers, female singers from your sort of generation did you rate highly? Brenda Lee. Did you get to know her? Yes, I do. I know her well. And um, what about British performers? Because we had a few good ones over here. Alma Cogan was very good. All right. how, did you know, how well did you know her? I didn't know her. All right, because she didn't live very long, sadly. She had a no. very... What about Petula Clark and Julie Andrews? I love Petula Clark. And did you ever go and see any of these people perform? Were you just too busy doing your own career? I'm too busy doing my own thing. And what about a movie career for you? Is it something that you really set your heart on? No, I didn't want to do movies at all. Why is that? Is that quite I unusual? I did Where the Boys Are, and after that I didn't want to do any movies, but I was contracted to do them, so I had to do them, but I didn't want to do them. Why didn't you want I, to do I them? I just wanted to sing on records and travel around the world and sing in different languages and make friends through uh, music, through, through singing in different languages and foreign languages. But was there anything about the movie business that you didn't like? I didn't like the whole thing. Why? Why was it? Why was that? I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I, 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 I just 
wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't... It was schlocky. Did you turn down any movies that went on to become very successful for other people? Yes, I did, and I don't remember them, but we had several offers from different movies. And which other um, well-known singers did you become very close to? Did you become good friends with, obviously, apart from the ones we've mentioned? Neil Sedaka, of course, Bobby Darin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. I don't have very many friends in show business. Yeah. Dick Clark was my closest friend in show business. How much do you see of Neil Sedaka now? I don't see him very much, but we talk. You built up a very special relationship with the UK, as I say. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? Well, that was a wonderful thing. I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it when I found out that I had a hit record in, in, in England. And I remember one day saying to Bobby Darren, you mean to tell me, Bobby, this was before we ever, either of us made it, that if I get a hit record, I could actually go to Europe or England and, or someplace like that and fly? And he said, you can fly, all right, baby, you can fly, you can do whatever you want when, you, when you're a star. Oh. And, uh, and, and that was like uh, really uh, thrilling for me yeah. to be on the stage at the London Palladium. Is there a chance that that might happen again one day? I hope so. So do you have any plans to tour the UK? No. Plans? I've been approached two or three times, uh, but I really, um, I, I don't like to travel outside the country as much as I used to. I love Florida. I love living here, and, and this is like a vacation for me all the time. People say, where, where are you going on your vacation? I say, home. <laughs> I love Florida, hmm. and I hate to travel. Where did you live at the height of your fame? In New Jersey. Because that's where you're from originally. Yes, and New York was the was the mecca was the mecca for music. And did you have a very luxurious lifestyle? Yes, I did. Because a lot of artists, um, you know, in the early days, seem to have been ripped off by agents and managers and so on. But you weren't too badly off on that. No, front. I was ripped off. Believe me. Right. Several times. Right. But I still had a, a, a luxurious lifestyle. I had a limousine, and I had a driver, and I had a, a beautiful house that I, I built myself, and beautiful clothes, and jewelry, and furs, and dr things of which dreams are made. Did you have parties with lots of stars coming along? No, not stars, just friends. But you worked with, what, Bob Hope, didn't you work with him, and Elvis Presley? No, I've met Elvis, but I never worked with him. Tell us about meeting Elvis. Elvis came to my show one night in uh, Las Vegas with a, group, a whole group of his entourage. And I sang Mama, and he started to cry, and he ran out of the room. And the next day he sent me two dozen yellow roses with an apology because his mother had just died, and he was very touched by it. How um, highly did you regard Elvis? I thought he was the greatest. What about Sinatra? And Sinatra was definitely... Elvis was Elvis and Sinatra were two, two, two different leagues. Uh, Elvis was for the kids, and Sinatra was for the adults. And I think that they were both the best. Are you meeting Sinatra? Have you met him at all? Oh, yes, many times. Well, one night he called me over, and, and he introduced me to the astronauts, to three astronauts, Buzz Aldrin and Ed White, and the other astronaut that got killed in the in the uh, spacecraft 
And he said, you know, Connie, he said, these guys are, are the heroes. He was excited. He was like a little boy because Buzz Aldrin had given him his space jacket. <laughs> and he said, these are the heroes. He said, we, he said, we just got a gift. He said, but these were the real heroes. A lot of stuff's been written about Sinatra that's not very positive. How do you, do you feel quite protective of his memory? Yes, I do, because he was always very sweet to me. And what about Dean Martin? Dean Martin was a doll. Well, I can't think of anything in particular except that he was just the funniest man. He was just a, 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 a naturally funny, dry sense of humor. He was also quite a troubled man, certainly in the last sort of 20 years of oh, his life. Oh, yes, terrible. Why do you think that is? Why would well, he some... lost his son, you know. Yeah. And that did, that did him in. Yeah. But why do so many stars, so many really successful people with so much going for them have such troubled lives, do you think? Because it's not an easy business. It's easy to make a lot of enemies, easy also to make a lot of friends, but sometimes they're friends that you don't want as friends. And um, the demands are so great. If you had to start all over again in your career, would you make a lot of changes? Yes. I would have concentrated more seriously on my movies. Because I thought you didn't really want to do movies. No, I didn't want to, but in, in retrospect, I, I had a contract that allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do. Right. And I would have been able to, to do anything. And, and, I, and I, missed that, I missed the boat there. As you explained uh, early on, for all your fantastic success, you, you've had a lot of difficulties in your life. Um, why do you think that is? When you look back, how do you weigh that up in, in terms of you know, a human life. Do you think that's just the way it balances out? That's just the way it balances out, yeah. But you've certainly had more than your fair share of, of tough yes, times. Yes, I have had. I've had some very, very dark years. You must have asked yourself, why me, on a number of occasions. Right. Well, after the rape, I, I was out of, out of circulation for seven years. I never made a personal appearance or did an interview or did any, anything at all. And, and as a result of the rape, I, my, I was divorced, and um, I had just adopted a child. And um, my brother's murder was a horrible, horrible incident in my life. And it killed me because of how it affected my mother. How did you manage to pull yourself together after such a series of terrible traumas? I was lucky. I, I had a lot of good friends. I had really close friends who stood by me and, and always let me know that they were there. And the thousands of, of uh, cards and letters and uh, I would receive and prayers and, and books and uh, that I would receive from people uh, really kept me going. I remember being in the hospital in Florida in a mental institution and receiving a letter from Milan, Italy, that said to Miss Connie Francis, somewhere in America. Gosh. And it came right to the hospital. <laughs> so those are the times when the gift of your voice sort of pays you back nicely, isn't it? It's yes. the warmth of people yes. who felt you've you know, done so much for them over the years. How much do you feel you've been given the credit that you deserve? Oh, I think I've been given credit. I was voted top female vocalist for five consecutive years on American Bandstand, and that was viewed by eight million children every day, teenagers yeah. every day, and that was uh, there too. And what ambitions do you have for the rest of your life? To make my movie, to see it done before I'm dead.
I'm just enjoying my life right now. I, I really don't have great aspirations towards anything. I live in Florida. Yep. Um, I live in, in a large house with a beautiful view of the pool, big, big open bay windows all around the house. And are there lots of sort of pictures of your career around? Yes. Is there a man in your life these days? No. Do you think there will be again? Hopefully. Do you think you might marry again? Never. Only if I want to punish myself for some great guilt. Is that a great source of sadness to you, that, it, that a particular marriage hasn't worked out? Yes, it is. And I wouldn't risk it again, no matter who it was. And do you want to live to a ripe old age? Yes, and that's one of the ways to do it. What's that? Not to get married. Not to get married, yeah. I'll take your advice. Um, nowadays, my sex life is terrific. I just need another person, that's all. Oh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how do you want people to remember you long after you've left this planet? Oh, I don't know. I hope that I bring back happy memories for people and bring back memories of their youth and, and uh, just bring back happy memories, that's all. Yeah, well, you certainly do for lots of people. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Peter. A real pleasure to talk to you. you. And you. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now.